Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. All senior executives of troubled state insurer PhilHealth asked to submit their courtesy resignations. That's according to presidential spokesperson Harry Roque. Roque says the PhilHealth chief or PhilHealth chief Dante Giran believes that is the fastest way PhilHealth can be reorganized amid corruption allegations. But Roque says he's against privatizing PhilHealth because it goes against the principle of universal health care. Several health makes make that PhilHealth officials, including its former head, Ricardo Morales, are facing graft cases over allegedly overpriced IT equipment, the questionable release of funds under the interim reimbursement mechanism, and alleged manipulation of PhilHealth's financial status. The tug-of-war for the House speakership continues, with Marinduque Representative Lord Alan Velasco set to hold a press conference today that he's expected to comment on his term sharing agreement with Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano, which is in danger of falling through after lawmakers voted against Cayetano's offer to resign earlier this week. Cayetano's allies argue it's not the right time for a change in leadership as the country grapples with the pandemic. Cayetano himself is questioning whether Velasco has the numbers to lead the lower chamber. But for party list lawmaker Sharon Garin, the term sharing deal should be followed because that's what President Rodrigo Duterte wants. I was there. I remember specifically two things that he wanted. Pass the budget on time mm -hmm. and follow the 1521. I would follow what the president said. I will not defy what he was he wanted because you have to remember we are a separate entity you know we are in the legislative and we have the executive but do we want to be a congress that is an in opposition to the president uh, congress and the executive working together works better for this country uh -oh. because kung hindi kung iba yung iba yung direction ng kongreso ano mangyayari sa budget namin The House leadership row, an opportunity to show the lower house's independence. That's according to Professor Francisco Magno of the De La Salle University's Political Science Department. Magno says the legislative branch can show independence instead of just following President Duterte's whim in choosing who should be the next speaker. But what's missing, he says, is the public participation on the matter. Magno says as the people's representatives, lawmakers should also consider the voice of those who voted for them. What's happening here is that they are they are getting the president's support. But uh, the more they, they want to project that uh, the president has a hand in this uh, matter, it, it uh, dilutes the power of the Congress as, a, as an independent branch of government. We have to understand that the speaker is co-equal. Co uh, the Congress is a co-equal branch of government. Why not, uh, why not set up their website uh, very well? provide a lot of content and provide interactive features so that people can actually be participants in this process. But right now, people are spectators. President Duterte met with House Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano and several members of his family Wednesday night after or hours after the lower chamber rejected Cayetano's offer to resign. 
The speaker was seen with his wife, Taguig Representative Lani Cayetano, and his sister, Senator Pia Cayetano. Senator Ronald De La Rosa wants the Senate to investigate the removal of some pro-government and anti-communist pages on Facebook. The former police chief says the censorship done by Facebook affects not only the security of the country, but also Filipinos' right to free speech. He notes 31 pages and 21 Instagram profiles that Facebook took down were those supportive of President Duterte and military activities against terrorism. He adds some Facebook pages allegedly supporting the activities and ideologies of the communist group CPP-NPA were not included in the action. House Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano had earlier said they will also look into Facebook's actions. Anyone, even the government, should be able to fact-check themselves. That call from the head of Verifile's Facebook fact-check team, a week since the social media giants shut down hundreds of fake accounts linked to the Philippine military and police. The Philippine government is now planning to create its own fact-checking system or team. Verifile says it is welcome to do so. It adds fact-checking teams should remain impartial to shield the public from misinformation. It's our duty to um, correct because this type of um, information, this false information going around can affect um, lives, for example, especially if it, we're dealing with public health. Everybody can and should be a fact checker. Um, but in Verifiles, we write our fact checks in a way that even the public can fact check us. We have to be clear that we're not, we're not concentrating on any one side of the government. Um, because even as, as a signatory to the International Fact-Checking Network, um, we signed a commitment to be nonpartisan and um, to be fair. So we, our, our fact-checking is not unduly concentrated on any one side. Um, yeah, and it, and it spans, it, our, our fact-checks cover uh, different political parties, different politicians, different um, positions in government. President Donald Trump and his wife, First Lady Melania Trump, now under quarantine. On Twitter, Trump said they are awaiting the results of their COVID-19 tests after one of his advisors, his top advisors at that, tested positive for the disease. Hope Hicks travels regularly with Trump on Air Force One. She even accompanied him earlier this week for the presidential debate in Cleveland. The White House said in a statement, Trump takes the health and safety of everyone who works with him very seriously. It added it follows guidelines to limit COVID-19 exposure to the greatest extent possible. Just hours before, Trump had predicted the end of the pandemic was in sight. The virus, through advances in treatment, we have reduced the fatality rate by 85 percent since just April. We are on track to develop and distribute a vaccine before the end of the year and maybe substantially before. And I just want to say that the end of the pandemic is in sight and next year will be one of the greatest years in the history of our country. The European Union is reviewing the potential COVID-19 vaccine of AstraZeneca. But over in the U.S., the candidate vaccine may face delays. This report tells us why. 
The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is broadening its probe into a serious illness tied to AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine study, according to three sources familiar with the details. Concerns about the AstraZeneca vaccine stem from a study participant in Britain who came down with what was believed to be a rare spinal inflammatory disorder. Sources tell Reuters that the FDA is looking at AstraZeneca's development partner, Oxford University, to see if other vaccines designed by the duo resulted in similar side effects. Trials in the U.S. have been put on hold since early September. But not in Europe. On Thursday, the region's health regulator said it has started a rolling review of the AstraZeneca vaccine in a move which could speed the approval process for any vaccine. AstraZeneca faces a different scenario in the U.S. With the FDA widening its investigation, that presents a risk there could be additional delays for what has been one of the leading frontrunners in the race to get a vaccine to market. One source said the FDA is doing its due diligence to show it is being thorough. The FDA declined to comment, and AstraZeneca said in a statement, quote, we are continuing to work with the FDA. Drug companies are under public scrutiny amid worries about the safety of a vaccine developed and tested at an unprecedented speed. To counter that, nine drug makers, including AstraZeneca, have pledged to uphold scientific safety and efficacy standards. Finding an effective vaccine would be a major step towards ending the pandemic that has killed more than one million people worldwide. The Philippines, now among the top 20 countries in the world with the most number of coronavirus infections. This after the health department recorded over 2,000 new COVID-19 cases Thursday, pushing the country's total tally to 314,079. Of that number, more than 54,200 are considered active cases. To stop the virus from spreading even further, authorities want suspected COVID-19 patients to be isolated in government-approved facilities. But a group of healthcare professionals says that may be counterproductive. Isa po dun sa mga posible kasing mangyari dito ay yung sa takot na lamang ay uh, hindi mag-disclose ang tao na sila ay may nararamdaman o kaya hindi na magpatest kasi nga Ito uh, na po ang ating um, patakaran ngayon. No? And so we wanted to bring that to the attention no, of uh, our authorities so that this could be addressed. COVID-19 has infected over 34.1 million people worldwide. More than a million have already died, while over 23.7 million have recovered. Boracay Island, the Philippines' most popular beach destination, welcomes at least 35 tourists on its first day of reopening after being closed for several months due to COVID-19. Of that number, only seven came from Metro Manila. All the visitors were required to present a negative RT-PCR or swab test result taken within 72 hours before their arrival. Meanwhile, the tourism department is pushing for the use of antigen tests so tourists could get results in just 15 minutes. Originally, um, when we were talking about reopening tourism destinations, the antigen testing, which is cheaper and mm -hmm. faster, was already approved. But then uh, WHO came out uh, again and said that we had to be cautious about antigen. So it, again, it was changed to an RT-PCR. 
The governor of the key battleground state of Texas shuts down drop-off sites for mail-in ballots ahead of Election Day to supposedly stop attempts to vote illegally. The mayor of Houston is slamming that move, calling it an attempt to suppress voters. This order... Texas Governor Greg Abbott made it harder to vote by mail in the second biggest state in the country on Thursday, issuing a proclamation limiting all counties to just one site for voters to drop off mail-in ballots ahead of Election Day. The order significantly impacts Harris County, which has more than 4 million residents who now have a single drop-off location for mail-in ballots in a county spread out over more than 1,700 square miles. Harris County, which includes Houston, is the state's most populous county and a Democratic stronghold, which had opened 12 sites to collect early mail-in ballots. The order also affects Travis County, which includes Austin, another reliably Democratic city, which now must reduce its four drop-off locations to one. In a statement, the Republican governor said, quote, as we work to preserve Texans' ability to vote during the COVID-19 pandemic, we must take extra care to strengthen ballot security protocols throughout the state. These enhanced security protocols will ensure greater transparency and will help stop attempts at illegal voting. The mayor of Houston called the move a direct attempt at voter suppression and said that we should, quote, stop trying to create obstacles and distractions with unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud. Texas has not voted for a Democratic presidential candidate in more than four decades, but is seen as potentially competitive this year, though polls show President Donald Trump with a narrow lead. Meanwhile, the Washington Post reported on Thursday that Republicans in South Carolina asked the Supreme Court to reinstate a witness signature requirement for mail-in ballots before the election. And in key battleground Pennsylvania, Republicans have appealed to the Supreme Court to block a decision to count ballots received by mail up to three days after Election Day. The Philippine Central Bank keeps its key interest rates unchanged for the second straight session. It will remain at a record low of 2.25 percent as the Philippine economy gradually reopens. Philippine Central Bank Governor Benjamin Diokno says the decision to pause easing interest rates is based on the assumption the current monetary policy settings remain appropriate. He adds the Monetary Board has also observed encouraging signs of recovery and domestic economic activity supported by ample liquidity. Diokno earlier said monetary policy works with a lag and the pause would give the market time to absorb the effect of previous rate cuts. The Philippine Agriculture Department renews its appeal to local government units and the private sector to buy palay or unmilled rice and other farm produce like corn directly from farmers. That's as prices for the staple food stay significantly lower ahead of the peak harvest season. Agriculture Secretary William Dar says LGUs and industry stakeholders need to help boost prices since the National Food Authority's palay procurement is limited to buffer stocking. He notes the acquired produce can be included in the food packs local officials give to their constituents amid the pandemic. Dar has also instructed the NFA to roll over twice its procurement fund so it could buy 20 billion pesos worth of grains this year. 
The Philippines has become less competitive in the use of digital technologies. In the IMD Business School's World Digital Competitiveness Ranking, the Philippines placed 57th out of 63 economies. That's two notches lower than its 2019 ranking of 55th. The report said the decline reflects a weakening of talent and training and education subfactors. It added the deterioration of these subfactors is mainly driven by decreases in the availability of internationally experienced senior managers. The Philippines was behind other Asian economies like Indonesia, which ranked 56th, Thailand, which ranked 39th, and Malaysia, which ranked 26th. The United States placed first in the ranking, followed by Singapore. At the bottom of the list was Venezuela. And that'll do it for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back the interviews too on ANC's YouTube channel. Keep safe, everyone. As to keep it here on the news channel.